Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Many of us uh, during Lent uh, recover our appreciation for the devotion of the Stations of the Cross and uh, thought it would be good for us to take a look at uh, a wonderful uh, new book that's just uh, come to my attention anyways uh, on ways of praying. The uh, It's called Pocket Guide to the Stations of the Cross by Dr. Edward Sree, published by Ascension Press. And uh, Dr. Sree is a theologian, a well-known Catholic speaker, author of uh, many uh, best-selling books, including this latest one, Pocket Guide to the Stations of the Cross. He works with Ascension Press with study programs like A Biblical Walk Through the Mass, uh, No Greater Love, A Biblical Walk Through Christ's Passion, Mary, A Biblical Walk with the Blessed Mother. And uh, many of you may not know that uh, Ted was, together with Curtis Martin, a founding leader of the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. That's Focus. And uh, I, Ed, good to have you with me. Thanks. Oh, great to be with you again, Al. So uh, you're still working with Focus, huh? I still work with Focus. Yeah. yeah that's wow. actually where I probably spend most of my, my time and energies now. Oh, really? Uh, helping oversee their formation for their thousand, they have about a thousand missionaries out there just doing the the great work of evangelization, reaching young people and gives us great hope for the future of the Church, yeah. uh, getting to work with these amazing young people yeah. that love the Lord so much. Yeah, well, beautiful. Let's talk about Stations of the Cross. Uh, this is uh, a devotion which uh, many of us learned growing up uh, and then kind of, you know, d- departed from, but uh, in later in life have realized that this is a, a very good way of uh, following Christ— the Via Dolorosa. Talk to me about the origins of the Stations of the Cross. Where did the devotion first come up? Well, you, you could imagine Christians, you know, in Jerusalem or anywhere close to Jerusalem from the very beginning, wanting to go back and just remember the place where Jesus died, to go to pray there. Sure. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you have the women, in a sense, that are going to the tomb, you know, right away. That's like maybe the first... Uh, way of the cross, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. You know. So, uh, but but you see, you see this devotion. You know, we get a sense in the early centuries of Christianity that people would go and to the place where Jesus died, and they started going to the places around Jerusalem uh, where he died. We really see this take off by the time Christianity is liberated, and uh, they build the Church of the Holy Sepulchre over Calvary. And this, this is the three hundreds. We have people like Saint Jerome. Uh, giving an account of, you know, he was living in the Holy Land nearby Jerusalem. He was in Bethlehem, just about five miles away, and he talked about how there were crowds of pilgrims that would come from many different countries, and they were going and visiting the sites of Jesus in Jerusalem. Um, there's another pilgrim, uh, somewhat around this time, a famous pilgrim named, by the name of Egeria, who kept like a pilgrim's log, a pilgrim's diary, and she gives this great account of how the bishop uh, there in Jerusalem with 200 pilgrims would process with candles uh, to Gethsemane and the wow. Mount of Olives and then go into Jerusalem, and they would be weeping and, and praying at the very places of his passion and all the way to the tomb. And so it wasn't called the Way of the Cross at the time, but you have already, this is, you know, 300s A.D., this idea of a procession and remembering the places of Christ's passion. Um, and, and then eventually by the time you have the Franciscans, they're settling into the to the Holy Land, and they're running a lot of Holy Land sites. You have pilgrims from all over Europe regularly coming, you know, to, to make a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, and they would start 
you know, there, there was a, a kind of a way of the cross that started developing uh, in that medieval period. Uh, and so the devotion really comes from Jerusalem itself. And uh, I don't know how you've been to the Holy Land, uh, but yeah. you know, it's a wonderful thing to go yes, and, I have, and yeah. remember the, that steps. And uh, But what, what started happening was, you know, partly because it was expensive to get to the Holy Land and also with the Muslims taking over much of the Holy Land, when you, you, know, you get to the 1400s and uh, 1400s, people are, are, the Church starts encouraging people to do devotion back in their own hometown, where mm-hmm. you can kind of remember Christ's passion, you know, in your own church. Uh, and so the idea of putting stations, you know, in your town village or inside your church starts emerging. Uh, by the time you get into the 1700s, you know, you, you have a Pope, Pope Clement XII, uh, who in 1733 fixes the number of stations to the traditional 14 we know today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 there was a great encouragement that every church should have the stations in it, you know, by that time. Now, uh, traditional stations of the cross differ from the uh, scriptural stations of the cross. Uh, talk to us about the difference. Yeah, you know, uh, others have done this, but the, it's most notably in 1981, St. John Paul II gave us uh, his version of the biblical stations of the cross. So mm-hmm. the 14 traditional ones that we have in our churches, those... Uh, you know, those are from Scripture, but there are some that are just more just from tradition. Sure. You know? Like, how do we know Jesus fell actually three times? Do we know that for sure? From Scripture, it's not from Scripture, it's more from tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, Veronica wiping the face of Jesus, you know. So what, what John Paul II did was he gave us uh, biblical stations that walk through everything from Gethsemane and the arrest of Jesus after his agony, and, it, and they're all directly from Scripture. Yeah. Yeah, but they maintain most of the 14 traditional stations, though, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. most of them do. But then you, you get things like instead of Veronica or instead of the Three Falls, you have the, Jesus in Gethsemane, he's betrayed by Judas and is arrested. Yeah. Um, you, you see his trial before the Sanhedrin, that's not mentioned. You know, like we start with, you know, he's condemned to death by Pilate, you know, right. the 14 traditional ones. So I like that one. I like the biblical one because it, it really, you get the whole breadth of the passion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. It takes you, takes you a step back to Gethsemane, uh, to begin in Gethsemane. Now, so this, uh, in the 18th century, you have uh, uh, Pope Clement urging people to do the Stations of the Cross in their locale. Were, at that time, were, there, were churches decked out with stations on their walls, like many churches are today, or were there gardens where the stations were laid out? In other words, if you do the stations of the cross in the 18th, 19th century, where do you do them? You know, it, there's both. You have them kind of like you do. You describe gardens. They had them like outdoors. And you can go to Europe and see some, some of these places, you know, the, the beautiful sites. And, uh, but you, you start seeing them developing uh, inside churches where there was a great emphasis starting around that period of, you know, hey, when you're building a church, have some kind of station. Yeah. Or sometimes it's a nice sculpture, sometimes it's a, a painting, sometimes it's mosaics, uh, sometimes it's just a simple cross, you know, but that, that the churches, you know, that are built after this period are supposed to have some kind of, of marking of the stations. Yeah. Uh, do, you ha- do you have a preferable way of doing the stations yourself? Well, I tell you what, this, I will say, 
you know, I grew up with the station. I was really blessed. I, I had a wonderful Catholic parish, Catholic school growing up, and I know not many people had all that. <laughs> <laughs> but I really did. And so I grew up doing stations every Friday in Lent at my parish uh, at, for school. And then we did stations on every first Friday throughout the year. It wasn't, wow. just, you know, I grew up thinking stations wasn't just a Friday, uh, a Lent thing. So <laughs> I have such fond memories of it. But one of the things I write about in the pocket guide, you know, so I, I trace the history and, uh, and I, I give reflections on each of the 14 traditional stations and each of the 14 biblical stations. But I also talk about creative ways we can pl- pray the stations. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I think sometimes people look at the stations across like, oh my goodness, it just takes so long, and it, it's like the marathon of all Catholic devotions, and <laughs> and you, and you got to go to church, and I don't really like the fish fry anyway, right. so do I really yeah. want to go, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and I, I don't want to say, I think it's a wonderful thing if you go to your church once during Lent and participate in the community doing stations. I think that's a great thing at least once. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you can do stations in your home. You can do it, and, and it doesn't have to take, you know, 45 minutes. You can do it in, like, 12 to, to 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, you can do it when you're in the car. You can yep. do it when you're going for a walk. Just today, I, I flew back from, I was giving uh, my commission in Minnesota, and I was walking through the Denver airport from the gate all the way, you know, out to security, and I did stations across. It took me 15 minutes yeah. in my head. So I just, and, and you, it doesn't have to be long. The church requires simply that we meditate on each station. So I, you know, in my head, I pray, you know, we adore thee, O Christ, and we praise thee, because by the Holy Cross you have redeemed the world, I say the station, and and then I just ponder for a few minutes, I think about the scene, I picture it in my head, or I, I try to apply it to my life right now, and uh, just just briefly, you know, maybe just 15 seconds, if it's, I'm really lingering, maybe a 45 seconds, you know, not long, and then I say a Hail Mary in my head, and then I go, and I, I've done that in the car, I've done that on planes, I do it walking through airports, uh, in fact, I, I did, this is, I have to say, my I, in my podcast, I think it's like the number, the top podcast episode I've ever done. At the beginning of Lent, I did a bonus episode that's like an audio version of stations, like like those audio rosaries, you know, people have. Yeah, sure. So, so it's like, it's what I do. I do a short, it's like less than 15 minute version, just really short that you can just listen to in your car and listen to when you're on the exercise bike. And I think, this is why I think this is so important. And as I've been praying it this way the last couple of years and, and, you know, more, I, I'll be honest, I didn't always pray it this way. But I first came across this with a great Jesuit priest that I think you know, because uh, he lived very close to you, Father John Harden. Oh, yes. I, uh, I knew Father, Father John. Father John Harden. Yeah. I lived with him, and when I would go take him on an errand, I would drive him on an errand, he'd say, let's pray the Stations of the Cross. And he'd just pray. <laughs> You know, we, right. I remember being at an eye doctor appointment with him. We were just sitting in the lobby, and, you know, he says, let's pray the stations. And, and so that's where I got the idea. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, this big, you know, production. Uh, and, and here's the beauty of it, though. We want the story of Jesus' passion just on our mind and on our heart all the time. And, and I'm finding, as I'm praying it more, in, in, even though it's shorter and simpler, but just having the stories in my head... Like, 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 I just come up with like things that apply to my life, like when you know Jesus is condemned, and then I'm thinking about, oh man, when you know this person misunderstood me, yeah. you know, and I was kind of upset about that earlier today. But you know what? That's not that big of a deal. I'm, I'm united to Jesus, you know. Or Jesus takes his cross, and I'm thinking about, oh, 
I've got this difficult thing. I started to whine and complain about it. Let me not, you know, let me just take the cross. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. And I'm finding like bring, it brings the cross into my daily circumstances. And, um, and, and again, that's why I think we need this all throughout the year, but especially in Lent. What do you think is, uh, keeps people from more regularly uh, participating in the stations or p- picking them up, as you say, uh, on a plane ride uh, in your home? Uh, what, what do you think is the biggest barrier to that? Well, I, I, the first one is the time thing, right? I think yeah. that they think of it as just only a church and the big production the yeah. ceremony. Yeah. You know? So that's one. But the second thing is, and I'm so glad we're talking about this, because I want your listeners to be on fire for Stations of the Cross. I mean, <laughs> this is such, you think of all the devotions we have, this one, in a sense, is the earliest, right? I mean, this is even, you know, bigger than the rosary in the sense of it, its roots. Mm-hmm. I, I like to think of it as those women going to the tomb on Easter, like the first little procession, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so it, this is so important, and and I think we just need to articulate why. So here's why. St. John Paul II says that Christ's passion gives us the fullness of God's revelation of his love. You know, God is love, and all of Jesus' life is love, but but especially the passion narrative. Yeah. But the stories of Christ's passion, and, and, you know, the stories of the way of the cross, it's just so big. Like, you can't just contemplate it all at once. You need to kind of break it up into little pieces. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and I always like to think, like, every little word, every little glance, every little action in the in, in what Jesus says and does in, in the passion is there for a reason. It's mm-hmm. there to help us to love. So if I want to love God more, I want to love my wife more, my kids more, my friends more, I, I want this story of, of the fullness of love just always on my mind and on my heart. And this is a great devotion yeah. that helps us to do that. Very good. So thanks so much. Wonderful talking with you again. And uh, Pocket Guide to the Stations of the Cross, it's available in stores now. Is it available in stores now? Oh, yes, yes, available in stores at ascensionpress.com. You can go to Amazon. It's all over the place. All right. Ascensionpress.com is the publisher. Yep. All right. Thanks, Ed. We'll talk again. Thanks. God bless.